One of my favorite ways to unwind is by playing a game on my phone while I relax on the couch. And June's Journey is my new favorite as it combines several of my favorite things, finding hidden items, decor and design, and solving a murder. In June's Journey, you dive into June's captivating quest to uncover a scandalous hidden family secret while discovering the truth behind the unexplained death of her sister. As you uncover clues, you also get to build your own island estate with expansive gardens and beautiful buildings. You get to collect scraps of information to fill your photo album and learn more about each character. You get to chat and play with or against other players by joining a detective club. You'll even get the chance to play in a detective league to put your skills to the test. So can you crack the case? Download June's Journey for free today on iOS and Android. This episode contains adult themes and is not appropriate for all audiences. Listener discretion is advised. Hello, the world. This is They Will Kill, a true crime podcast. I am Courtney Eck. And I'm Sadie Eck. And we're sisters. And recently we posted on Instagram about the mysterious death of Tamla Horsford. And the people have spoken. Y'all want to hear about this case. So this week, we're bringing you the case of Tamla Horsford, which is Sadie's job to say, but I was in on the process of picking it. So I'm being greedy right now. Yeah, yeah. No, it's you can say it. I don't feel threatened by that. That's very big of you. <laughs> anyway, I will shut up and let Sadie tell you about the case of Tamla Horsford. On November 3rd, 2018, in Cummings, Georgia, eight women got together for a football and pajama party to celebrate the host, John's 45th birthday. What started out as a fun adult sleepover ended terribly. The guests began to trickle in at 7 p.m., and at around 8.30, a woman named Tamla Horsford arrived. According to a GoFundMe page set up for her family, Quote, Tamla, lovingly known as Tam and Tammy, was a 40-year-old wife, mother of five boys ranging in ages 4 to 14. Uh, she also had a stepdaughter. She was a kind and true friend to many and was heavily involved in her community. Many of the partygoers had never met Tamla before, but Jean knew her because their sons played football together. Tamla brought a bottle of tequila as a present for John. After learning she wasn't a tequila drinker, Tamla ended up drinking from the bottle herself. Uh, that's exactly the course of action I would take. <laughs> I know. I love tequila. I, I don't love tequila, but I mean. it's You should get yeah. with the program. Tam, I Tamla try. and I are on the yep. tequila train. While the women partied upstairs, John's boyfriend, Jose, hung out in the basement watching football with Tom, the husband of Stacy, who is another party goer. At halftime, the two men came upstairs and mingled. According to interviews and statements given by the partygoers, the night seemed to have been a success. The women drank, ate a pot of gumbo and snacks, and had a good time overall. Cell phone videos showed Tamla and the other guests sitting on couches playing Cards Against Humanity and laughing a lot. Photographs from the party captured Tamla, who was dressed in a white pajama onesie with gray paw prints, smiling heartily at the center of the group of women. Tamla was especially social, and several of the other partygoers noted how talkative and friendly she was. One of the guests, Paula, 
who arrived after everyone else, later told police that, quote, Tam was in a great mood. She was dancing and she was talking to everybody. She engaged with everybody. She's got that personality. Tamla talked about her family often and with great pride. At one point in the night, she FaceTimed her stepdaughter, who was expecting a child, and expressed considerable excitement about the arrival of the new baby. Throughout the night, according to the partygoers, Tamla went out onto John's first floor deck to smoke cigarettes and marijuana. Many of the women consumed quite a bit of alcohol that night, and Tamla was one of them. As the evening wound down, some of the women headed home or were picked up by rides, while others went to bed in various rooms of Jean's house. Tamla planned to stay overnight and sleep in one of Jean's son's rooms, but she wanted to hang out and socialize even more. Shortly before 2 a.m., one of the party goers, named Bridget, was picked up by her husband. Bridget told police that Tamla saw her off and was left eating a bowl of gumbo as the last one awake in the house. John's home security system was hooked up to send notifications to her cell phone every time a door opened or closed in the house. The list of notifications shows Bridget's departure at 1.47 a.m., and then the back door opening and closing at 1.49 a.m., and then opening again at 1.57 a.m., but remaining open for the rest of the night. Mm-hmm. John's Aunt Madeline, who lived at the house and attended the birthday party, had gone to bed early. At around halftime, she went downstairs to her basement bedroom, took a bath, and went to bed. The next morning, on November 4th, she got up at around 8.45 a.m. and went to make coffee. When she looked out the basement window, she saw a terrible sight. Quote, I was just staring out the window, and I saw those Dalmatian pajamas. I didn't start the coffee. I got on my knees and said a prayer, and then I ran upstairs. Okay, guys. If you look out the window and you see a body out your window, pray while you assist the Please. individual, right? Yes. Please. Yes. That's crazy. Mm-hmm. Madeline woke up John and Jose, who came outside and found Tamla lying face down in the backyard. At 8.59 a.m., John called 911 and asked for an ambulance. Um, so we're going to play the 911 call. We have edited it, it down just for time's sake. Uh, there's pauses, you know, silent pauses and things, but um, it's come into question quite a bit in this case, and I think it's interesting to listen to. So we'll play that for you now. Forsyth County, 911. Hi, yes, um, I, I need an ambulance and a place to my home. What is your name? My name is John Myers, J-E-A-N-N-E. Okay, and your phone number is Yes. Okay, what's going on? Um, we had people over last night when we were drinking. Most of us went to bed. One of them stayed on the balcony. She was drinking, and we just went out outside, and she's laying face down in the backyard. It looks like may I'm guessing maybe she fell off the balcony, but she's stiff. Okay, is she breathing? I, I don't know. I don't know if she's face down. Okay. How, how old is she? At 41. Here, hold on. Hey, this is Jose Barrera. Hey, have y'all checked to see if she's breathing? She's not moving one bit. She's not breathing. Um, okay. I just tried to assess her Tesla. She's completely face down in the yard. Um, she is stiff. Okay. Do you know if she, um, um, do you see any blood or anything? Where she... Are you there? I am. Okay. I'm sorry, I'm not, I was outside. It's okay. I'm not sure. I happened to line it for a second. Do you see any blood or anything to where, from where she fell? Um, I, I 
I don't know if I should move her over. I mean, she's completely face down. Okay. I mean, can you just check and see if she's breathing? If, if she's not breathing and you, and you know she's gone, then just leave her where she's at. If she... Okay. I'm completely not sure. Okay. And that's the only blood that you would see? That's what I can see without moving her over. I haven't okay. seen her face. Um, do you know if she... Um, do you know if she was suicidal at all? I have no clue. I've met her one other time. Um, you know, like my girlfriend said, people were over last night. <clears throat> um, just, we were had, she was, her birthday party, we are not the woman that we believe to be deceased, but it's my girlfriend's birthday party. Instead of having everybody go out, she had everyone stay in. And she was the last one I saw before everybody, I mean, everybody was typically put off to bed she was the last one in the kitchen. She was just either waiting around for a ride or waiting until the morning. Okay. How far is the, um, where she would have fell from, how far is the deck from the ground? Um, I would probably say maybe 20 feet. Okay. You know, 20 feet from where your feet would be on the railing. The railing itself is maybe three and a half, four feet. Okay. And what is her name? Uh, I know her name. We call her Tam. I'm assuming that's short for Tammy or Tamra. Was she there with anyone else? Uh, her name is Tam Horsford, H-O-R-S-F-O-R-D, so the black female. Um, I don't believe anybody was. Uh, my girlfriend has cameras here on the back deck that we can check. Okay. That I think would have caught the incident if she fell from here. Again, I, I, I don't know. How, it's, it's hard to say if she fell from from the deck or if she was already downstairs. She was the only on smoker here. And I'm sorry. Okay, I'm so sorry about that. So you think she's possibly out um, smoking? Yeah, she was, she was the only smoker. I mean, I'm, I'm on the back deck right now, and, you know, cigarette lighter, that type of thing are out here. Um, okay. I'm just trying to see where I'm going to risk my came from. Okay. All right. Um, have, are all the people that were there last night, are they still at your house?
Let me see where the, everybody is. I have one, um, Debbie, that's about to pull into your subdivision. So I'll stay on the phone with you just for a minute. Um, is this going to be around back? Is that the way he needs to go? Right. So um, when he pulls up to the residence, uh, there will be one, one, one car in the street, four in the bank. And does he need to come oh, and go through the house, or does he need to walk around the back? Um, they they can go around to the to the side. I'm gonna grab my shoes and then I'll direct them when they get here. No, it, it it'll be easier for them because she's laying in the yard down you know, basically on the patio downstairs. Okay. All right, I have one that should be pulling up. You see him outside? Yeah. Okay. All right. I'll let you go then. All right. Thank you. All right. You're welcome. The Forsyth County Sheriff's Office and Coroner's Office were dispatched to the scene, and Tamla was formally pronounced dead at 10.47 a.m. Lead investigator on the case, Detective Michael Christian, described the scene as he discovered it. Quote, Tamla was located in the backyard in a prone position. She was laying with her head away from the residence and her feet toward the residence. Her left arm was at an approximately 40-degree angle from her body, and the forearm and hand were bent further toward her head in approximately 10 o'clock position. Her right arm was straight and by her side, with the hand approximately 6 inches from the leg. Her legs were straight behind her with both feet pointing to the right. Tamla was clad in a one-piece pajama outfit consisting of a white fleece-hooded outfit with dog paw prints on it and a set of ears affixed to the hood. Tamla's body was sketched and measured. Additionally, the height of the main level porch was noted as well as the height of the rail. With permission of Deputy Coroner Bowen, Tamla was turned over. Uh, Most notable when Tamla was turned over was the fact that she had come to rest face down. Her head had not been canted to one side or the other. Mm Mm-hmm. Tamla's right wrist was fractured or dislocated. There was a large bump where her wrist met her hand, as well as a cut over the bump, as if the bone had cut the skin from the inside. There was matching defects on both Tamla's shins. These corresponded with a piece of metal landscape edging, which stood up approximately one inch from the surrounding ground. Other than the broken wrist, the cut on her shins, no obvious sign of injury presented themselves. Uh, And we'll post pictures of the crime scene. The balcony overlooked a grassy yard below. And then it had, you know, the my, like I have it at my house, but it's plastic. But there's edging that goes around the patio below to kind of separate the grass from the concrete. Right. There might be some mulch, if I remember. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. And so they're saying that she somehow fell over the balcony and landed uh, on that edging Mm -hmm. and scraped up her shins. Two days later, on November 6th, the Georgia Bureau of Investigation's associate medical examiner, Andrew Koopminers, performed an autopsy on Tamla. Quote, the decedent is a 40-year-old woman. Per report, she was last known to be alive shortly after midnight on November 4th, 2018. At that time, she was drinking heavily at a party in a residence. The next morning, she was discovered unresponsive in the backyard under a deck that is approximately 10 to 15 feet from the ground. It appeared as though she may have fallen from the deck. She was pronounced dead without attempted resuscitation. 
autopsy revealed severe injuries of the head, neck, and torso, including a subarachnoid hemorrhage, which is bleeding in the space between the brain and the skull, a subdermal hemorrhage, which is bleeding between the brain and the membrane that surrounds the brain, and a fracture of the second cervical vertebrae, so her neck was broken, mm-hmm. and a laceration of the heart. Do you know if the hemorrhages were in the front or the back, or if it matters? I don't know. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know if it was all around. Other injuries included abrasions of the face, left arm, left hand, left leg, lacerations of the right wrist and right leg, and a dislocation of the right wrist. The observed injuries are consistent with those received in a fall. In light of the autopsy findings and the investigative information, the cause of death is multiple blunt force injuries and the manner of death is accident. A toxicology report was done and Tamla tested positive for THC, Xanax, and alcohol. Her alcohol concentration was almost three times the legal driving limit. Mm-hmm. The autopsy report was finalized on February 5th, 2019, and two weeks later, the Forsyth County Sheriff's Office officially closed the investigation into Tamla's death. In a memo, the supervising investigator, Corporal Tyler Sexton, said, quote, The injuries sustained to Mrs. Horsford were deemed to be consistent with those received in a fall. No evidence or injury patterns indicative of any assault or foul play were noted by the sheriff's detectives or in the coroner's or state of Georgia medical examiner's reports. That's a mouthful. That is a mouthful. Good job. Exhaustive interviews with multiple witnesses and family and neighborhood canvases were conducted by the sheriff's detectives throughout this investigation. At conclusion, no evidence of criminal activity has been discovered in this investigation. So just super straightforward, just to recap everything you just said, very straightforward, according to the police, she fell face forward. She died because she fell, period. Yep. No no additional signs of struggle or fight or assault. No. Yeah, definitely not. Yep. So that's it. End of the, Uh, that's the end of the episode, guys. (laughs) They were wrong. There was no reason for anyone to be suspicious. Goodbye. (laughs) Goodbye. Uh, right? Or not so no. much? Well, yeah. No, not so much. Okay. Take, continue. All right. So what looks like a straightforward accident to some looked like murder to others. Some of Tamla's friends and family are certain this was no accident. Mm-hmm. The Forsyth County Sheriff's Office has been accused of coordinating a cover-up. Tamla's case has raised eyebrows because she was the only woman of color at the party, and Forsyth County has a long history of racial tension and violence towards black people. Oh, you don't say. Yeah. Yep. Some claim this was a racially motivated attack on her. Uh, when researching the case, I decided to look into Forsyth County and see what was going on mm-hmm. with them. Uh, and I found quite a tale to tell. Oh, great. <laughs> So I'm going to take you back in history a little bit, and then we'll move back into Tamla's case. What was the name so of the name- guy in Forrest Gump, his um, ancestor who started the Ku Klux Klan? General Forrest. Uh, Are you going to start there? Be like, and the Forsyth Police <laughs> d- d- County Police was founded by General Forrest. Yeah. Yep. Uh, in 1912 white mobs terrorized and drove out the entire black population of about 1,100 people from the county. I was joking, but yes. So yes, you actually are starting with the KKK terrorizing. Jesus. Sorry to joke about it. That's fucking terrible. Yeah. Yep. This was the white response to two incidents, the alleged rape of a white woman by a black man 
and the rape and beating of a young white woman who later died of her injuries. Mm. A lynch mob attacked and hanged one black suspect. Two teenagers were hanged in public executions following a short trial. Mm-mm. If you visited the county in the 50s and 60s, families were told to, quote, leave the maid behind. A near mythical sign gave further warning, quote, N-word, don't let the sun set on you in Forsyth County. Oh, God. And for those of you who are listening and are like, that would never happen, like that sign doesn't exist. Sadie and I grew up in the county next to the Grand Dragon of the Ku Klux Klan, or the town, I mean. And Mm -hmm. that was in the 90s, and they still had signs in the back roads into that town that said exactly that. So, yep. uh, Continue. On January 17th, 1987, a racially... So we're moving way ahead. So from 1912 to 87, the county was completely white. Jesus. Pretty much. Right. I think that there was like two black people there in the 60s and one in the 80s census. Yep. But, it, like, no black people in this county, which is a suburb of Atlanta. Jesus. Okay. So this is where we are. Wow. Everybody. <laughs> yes. It should have a much higher population. Yes. So on January 17th, 1987, a racially mixed group of around 80 to 90 protesters marched from coming Georgia and headed to the Forsyth County Courthouse. Quote, so according to Robert Thompson, who participated in the march, quote, they was throwing rocks before we even got off the bus. First they broke the windows, then they broke our heads. Marchers carried signs, one of which said, quote, give brotherhood a chance. Some of the racists carried signs, one saying, quote, sickle cell anemia, the great white hope. Mm-mm, mm-mm. Mm-hmm. The real confrontation came shortly after marchers turned on the corner of Highway 9, On two small hills that abut the road a quarter mile from the turn stood a group of 400 to 500 mostly male segregationists. Mm. Approaching the men on the hill, march leaders did not think there would be a violent outburst because of the presence of uniformed police. Racial insults quickly escalated into violence as militant segregationists broke through police lines and attacked the group. Many protesters were hurt and 55 were arrested. The violence against the civil rights marchers caused an immediate reaction. Mead Corporation, a manufacturer of paper and supplies, terminated ongoing negotiations with Forsyth County to build a plant that would have meant 5,000 jobs. Ku Klux Klan leader Grand Dragon David Holland boasted they had, quote, won by driving the protesters out of the county. Jesus. About a week later, on January 24th, the protesters marched again. This time they had more than fifteen to 20,000 people. Whoa. Yeah. So they went from 80 to 90 at first. Oh my God. <laughs> and when word spread. Holy shit. How badly the first shit. march went. People came out and it was full of celebrities and Whoa. people came. Wow. The protest. Yeah. On the steps of the Forsyth County Courthouse, March organizer Dean Carter told the March participants, quote, Today we have embarked on a journey, a journey that will take a lifetime to fulfill, the journey of worldwide brotherhood and understanding. Without this, Forsyth County, Georgia, and even our nation will fail. Without brotherhood in a community, violence and an intimidation will exist. No doubt about it. Yep. After the march, Forsyth County organized a biracial panel of five blacks and seven whites to help with the issues surrounding integration. Uh, In the 2010 census, 
2.6% of the county was black. So after all of that happened, blacks began to come back into the county. Right. But it still isn't... It's disproportionately uh, white. Right. Right. Yes. So yeah, that gives you a little idea of what's going on in Forsyth County. Yes. Yeah, that is a <laughs> fairly clear picture of the history of the county. Uh, So in the months since Tamla's death, the sheriff's department said their detectives have logged more than 300 man hours investigating the case, conducting neighborhood canvases and about 30 interviews with family and friends. So members of the Horsford family expressed their frustrations about the investigation and met with investigator Mike Christian, who is the lead detective. They had questions about authorities' methods and conclusions in the weeks following Tamla's death. Quote, I want the truth of what's going on because, I mean, the stories I've heard so far, none of them make sense, said Tamla's husband, Leander Horsford. He continues, quote, and if they don't make sense, usually there's a reason they don't make sense. Mm -hmm. During the interview, Leander and Terry Blanco, who's Tamla's sister-in-law, asked Christian why Tamla's shoes and cigarette butts weren't collected and tested, asserting that evidence could have been overlooked. And I really couldn't find a whole lot about what evidence was collected at the scene mm-hmm. um in the 911 call they talk about the dispatchers asking you know should we come around through the house should you come through the yard uh, it sounds like there were still party goers in the house mm-hmm. that had spent the night right um so it's it's a little fishy as far as how well the crime scene was preserved if or if it was ever considered a crime scene right did they look around the house did they look at did they test for blood or whatever mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. Yep. quote even when she's had the most she could have she's never fallen down terry stated and by have the most i think she's talking about alcohol totally uh she continues we all know tammy and none of this makes sense so michelle graves who was horsford's best friend said quote it's impossible to get the injuries that she had from one fall she told the station that she and tamla's other loved ones quote, feel there's something awry with the story and with how she lost her life. Yeah. And the so the balcony was 15 feet up, right? Mm-hmm. Which isn't that far. It's a first story balcony. Right. That's not that far to fall. Right. And I am, a, as a tequila drinker, <laughs> <laughs> and... I'm not encouraging people to drink too much alcohol, but I have been known to drink too much alcohol. I like to have a good time. Um, I'm also not somebody who falls down. Right. You know, it's like you either are or you're not and your family and friends would know. Like we have friends who have had to tie themselves to their chairs. This is not an exaggeration because (laughs) they would get so drunk that they would fall out of their chairs. And rather than stopping drinking... They just came up with a brilliant plan to tie themselves <laughs> to their chairs so they could continue to drink. Mm-hmm. We all know who that friend is. You can think of them off the top of your head. And if Tamla wasn't that person, her family, you know, they would know. Right. 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 Yeah. And there was a, a railing, you know, like a standard railing. Looks like kind of hip high. Yeah. Yeah. Like standard yeah. height. Hard to fall over. And not impossible mm-hmm. by any stretch. And I'm not saying that she didn't get too drunk and fall, that that wasn't what happened. But it just seems like a lot to fall from 15 feet and die Mm -hmm. without some sort of force behind you, right? Yeah. Normally you would just like sprain your ankle and maybe break a bone, but rarely would that cause death. Right. Yeah. I'm going to go try it right now. Excuse me. (laughs) (laughs) 
you know, the Reddit talks about, you know, how Reddit does. They were kind of discussing one of the things they were talking about was that she was really drunk. And that usually would even lend to less damage done if you fall. Right. That's what I was going to say. You bounce. Mm-hmm. If you're drunk, they, mm-hmm. I mean, they've had people who have fallen from like multiple stories and lived mm-hmm. because they were drunk because mm-hmm. their body just sort of was all gelatiny. And so they, mm-hmm. yeah, especially if you fall into grass, it wasn't concrete. Mm-hmm. No. Yeah. Into grass that was wet and muddy also, which would even lend to more cushion. Right. I mean, there's also Um, cases where people have just like bonked, you know, like drop a penny from a building or so, you know, like you just bonk your head just right and it can kill you. So it's not impossible, but it does seem unlikely to me. Right. Right. Yes. Yeah. I mean, that could, right. That's the problem that I found looking into this case is that you can see both sides. Yeah. You know, I wish it was really cut and dry, like clearly a cover up or clearly an accident. And it's just not right. Really. You know, I think. Well, we'll talk about it more. Tell what me. needs to happen is a is a bigger investigation, a deeper investigation. I think. Yep. That her family is right that the, that it didn't. If this had been a white woman found after a party, it would have been like lockdown. Yeah. Crime scene. Yeah. Every stone unturned. People and in, brought into interrogation rooms for hours. Like. Yep. And that did not happen in this case. Right. So as I mentioned before, the original coroner's report stated there was blunt force trauma to Tamla's body from the fall. But close friend Michelle Graves says the family hired another medical examiner who reportedly found multiple abrasions on her body. Unfortunately, I couldn't find anything to show that the report had been released to the public. Mm-hmm. And I know that a lot of the reporters covering this case had reached out to the family for comment or to find out more about that, and they wouldn't respond. And right. so I'm not really sure. I'm not really sure what that is. I couldn't find a lot of information. Got it. But that, but it does come up a lot when you read about it and people that have their theories that this was a cover up. They talk about the, that this happened, mm-hmm. you know, that there was a, another medical examination done that contradicted the first one. But I mean, I just don't have any evidence of that report. To, right. Right. The other thing that you're going to see a lot when you look at the case, when people want to talk about what's wrong with it. Mm-hmm. <laughs> is that uh, some reports state that Tamla's body was found at 7.30 a.m., but 911 wasn't called until 9.30 in the morning, so two hours later. Mm, interesting. Um, but again, I couldn't find any sources to confirm this to be true. The story uh, that comes from Madeline, who found her body, it's always the same, that she woke up, found the body, and quickly called 911 after. Right, after she prayed. Right, yes. But Madeline's story does change a little bit. The timing of it doesn't change, but how she found the body changes. Mm. Based on the investigation report, Madeline said that she found her by looking out the window. She also tells police that she went out to check the temperature and then saw Tamala. In the crime scene report, it says that Jean and Jose woke up and started cleaning up from the mess from the party, and that's when they found Tamala's body. Uh, oh, interesting. So there's yeah. three accounts. Right. Mm. Yep. Hmm. When listening to the 911 call, that is one thing that Jose says to the dispatcher was that they were cleaning up from the party and, uh, you know, found like cigarette butts, I think he mentions. Mm -hmm. And so it seems like that could be true. Why they came up with a different story with Madeline finding the body, I don't know. So it could be that they woke up, started cleaning, saw Tamla's body, didn't want to admit that they were cleaning up the crime scene. I mean, I don't know. Yeah, that would be the only explanation, because otherwise, why would you change your story? Right. 
It's never yeah. good when you change your story. I think we've mm-hmm. learned that that's the case. It's not right. always like a clear indication that something's wrong, but it usually is. Also, mm-hmm. I also think it's interesting that the, I think the dispatcher asks, you know, was she suicidal? And he was like, I don't think, I don't, I don't have any idea. I don't know. And, and then he's describing what he sees and he notices the scratch on her wrist mm-hmm. or the cut on her wrist. And he says, you know, it might, it might've been self-inflicted, you know, right. Like, That's what just, I mean. Yeah, yeah. He's giving too much detail and conjecture and it mm-hmm. just doesn't sit right. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So there's also some questions about who stayed the night and when various party goers left the house. We know that Bridget left at 1.45 a.m. and said that Tamla was the last one awake. In Jose's statement to the police, he claims he went to bed at 1.30 and was the last one to see Tamla. Another party goer left the house at 4 a.m. and a few others stayed the night and left the house in the morning. And I'm just sort of wondering, you know, there's so much going on, coming and going. Did they all miss her body? Right, exactly. And I'm not familiar really with the layout of the house, so it could be that it was the backyard and people just were going out the front door and really wouldn't have noticed her right um so it's entirely possible but you know was jose the last person to see her right is that part true if so it raises my suspicions a little more no doubt about it yep the investigation report also states that they asked all party goers to come back to the house in the morning to get their statements so um i'm pretty sure that some of them were still there mm-hmm. they'd spent the night and were still there and then the ones that left the police said come back mm-hmm. jose john and madeline are noted as sitting at the kitchen table working on their statements together and i wonder why they weren't separated yep it is also noted in the report that one of the investigators recognized jose from his work as a probation officer uh, my question there is would this sway the investigator to look at the case in a different light right most likely you know, yes. so here's a guy he knows yep who's a probation officer yep during the 911 call at the 4 minutes 26 second mark, Jose notes that his girlfriend has cameras on the back deck that can be checked. He goes on to mention that it's hard to say if this was an accident that happened from the back deck or at the ground level. The limited information from the investigation reports do not mention security camera footage, only timestamp alerts through the homeowner's phone, so the when the door is open and closed. Right, but he does say that she has cameras. Then... Right. Uh oh! God damn it! Every uh, time it's like um, what's the case with the ninety-year-old killing the lady? Right, right. Yep. Give me that Karen Navarro freaking camera. Yep, I know. So what happened to the alleged security cameras? At the time of the party, did the homeowner have any cameras as part of her home security system? I don't know the answers to those questions. Right. That seems like something yeah. that we should get right to the bottom of, though. If I was a police officer, because there's ways to find out if. Mm-hmm. Especially if it's like oh, absolutely. ADT or something, you know, like you're going to know exactly what is attached to that system. If it's like ring, you know, you don't have as much access like the, the homeowner can install to their discretion or take it down or whatever. But right. Yeah, that's major. Right. Yeah. And they do like some of the news reports talk about it and it, they just say that it doesn't it doesn't exist. There's no indication whether it didn't ever exist or was it deleted? Has there been video other days and just not that day. Right. Because that would obviously be much more suspicious. Yep. If he said it was there, and if you are safe enough to have a system on your phone that alerts you every time your door opens, the reason I don't mm-hmm. have that on my house is because it would annoy the fuck out of me. Right. <laughs> you know? If you have that, you probably have cameras. Right. Don't you think? Because that's an extra yes. level 
of security to to know every single time your door opens or closes. Yeah, all of the doors in your house too. It's right door back door right it's not just when it's locked and the alarm is set and then it goes off like you are constantly surveilling your house so if you're that secure then you probably have those cameras installed right would be my guess yeah yep so much scrutiny has been placed on jose barrera uh, the boyfriend yep so jose was there right after tamala's body was found and during the 911 call he's heard pointing out a cut on horsford's wrist which we already talked about uh, it says, quote, she's lying in the yard, basically on the patio downstairs. She's not moving one bit. She's not breathing, he told the dispatcher. I'm noticing a small cut on her wrist. She's not breathing whatsoever. I don't know if this cut was self-inflicted. Until December of 2018, Jose was a probation officer for the Forsyth County. He used his position to access confidential files relating to the investigation into Tamla's death. No, 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 Jose. That's not, mm-hmm. you can't do that. Nope. Some say it was simple curiosity that led him to look at the files. Others say he was trying to keep up on the investigation. Yeah, of course he was. Right. Either way, what he did was unethical and it caused him to lose his job. Quote, what he did may not rise to a criminal level, but we were outraged as a sheriff's office about it, said sheriff's office spokesman Major Joe Perkins. Perkins continues, quote, Mr. Barrera had the access to the information because of the job he did at pretrial services. They need to do that for their job. But when they overstep that boundary, when they start looking into things that have nothing to do with their job, we take that very seriously. Yeah, it would be really hard for me, though, as Jose, not to take a peek, too. I'm not going to (laughs) lie. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. Uh, Not that that's at all that you should do that at all. But if I had that access and my... And I was being investigated. I, yeah. Yeah. Don't. Yeah. It doesn't, it does not bode well for him at all. Right. Definitely increases his suspicion in my eyes, but I also am like, mm-hmm. Eh. Mm-hmm. you know, yeah. it's like. I would have the same curiosity. Yeah. It's like leaving a pad of butter mm-hmm. out in front of my pug Pippa. She's <laughs> <laughs> just going to, just going to get in there. Right. By Pat, I mean entire stick, which you will find a way to (laughs) access and devour it. Uh, So Jose was previously an officer for the Department of Community Supervision in Cumming County. He was fired from that job as well, but alleged that it was an unlawful firing due to an, quote, inner office disagreement over a relationship with a co-worker. Mm-hmm. Um, so it doesn't have a great track record at work. No, they don't fire you because you don't get along with somebody in the office, especially mm-hmm. if you work for the county. Do you know how hard it is to fire somebody who works for the mm-hmm. government? It's basically right. impossible. Yep. I mean, I think we're all pretty aware of that right now. But... Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, but uh, Sheila and I didn't get along very well, and so I got canned. No, 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 no. <laughs> no. You got to be a real bad dude. Yep. This next little tidbit I have here. So it was also reported that John tried to give detectives Dunkin' Donut gift cards during her interview with them. Uh, was that her, like, bribing them, or was that her <laughs> being, like, giving them a little jab? Like, I bet you, like, know. donuts, cop. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> no, I don't know. I, I'm Either kidding. Way, it does sound like, like a bribe. I'm, yeah, yeah, she's definitely trying to win them over. 
Right, right. And they did not take the Dunkin' Donuts card. And they, in the report, it's like, you know, they have the transcript of the conversation where they say, you know, we can't thank you for thinking of us, but we can't take it because it would look weird. I think is even what? what they say. Yeah. So they're like, no, we can't take it because you can't bribe us. No. It's... Anyway, it's just strange. <laughs> it's... I mean, it's really. It's so strange. Really strange. But also kind of hilarious. <laughs> but also kind of illegal. Right. Yes. Attorney Ralph Hernandez. <laughs> she tried to bribe them with like a heavenly ham or something. <laughs> you get hey uh, cups like pork, you know, like like ham. I know. I know. <laughs> I know. When I want a ham you know, sandwich. When I was reading about the story, they were talking about how the homeowner in this case was bribing the police and i was like huh okay <laughs> tell me more and then when i read it with the duncan donuts gift cards i was like oh shit it's just been like it kind of like takes the oomph out of it yes well and a more accurate headline would be like homeowner of scene of crime stere- stereotypical and basic <laughs> <laughs> okay. although oh, speaking God. of tequila if you're hungover Dunkin' Donuts iced coffee is mm. God's gift to your body and your soul. I want it right now. It's so sugary. Right now. It's like unacceptable to drink that at any other point in my life, but <laughs> I like stay with Ooh, it hits the spot. stay with my best friend in Brooklyn and there's like seventy five thousand amazing, you know, barista spots. What are they called? Uh, artisanal <laughs> whatever coffee shops and I just hightail it straight to the Dunkin'. <laughs> Pro tip. Uh, (laughs) Attorney Ralph Fernandez, who has been retained by Tamla's family and whose office has done extensive review of the case, said in a letter to her family, the investigation into her death left a significant amount of holes and there was a strong chance that she was murdered. And this is relatively recently. Right. Quote, witness statements are in conflict. A potential subject handled the body as well as the evidence prior to law enforcement arriving. Uh, pretty sure he's talking about Jose. Yep. Evidence was disposed of and no inquiry followed. The scene was not preserved. A remarkable fact is that there were no photographs taken during the autopsy of Tamla's body. What? Yep. That's major. Yeah. This had to have been done at someone's directive because such a practice is unheard of. We recognize that transparency is vital for law enforcement agencies, and we want to ensure that no stone has been left unturned in the investigation of this tragic death. It appears Tamla was involved in a struggle. He continued, there were abrasions noted consistent with that scenario. There were parallel scratches to one arm. Do you know what that means? Is there any other information about that? No, I don't. It's crazy that they didn't take any photographs. I've heard about that a couple of times before and it didn't go well. You know, like it was always a cover up if there's no Mm -hmm. photographs taken. Right. I mean... Yeah. And so it leads me back to the, if the family had the independent autopsy done. Right. You know, you'd think that they would take photos. I really hope that that happened. <laughs> I really, really hope, you know, that there was another... Right. ...examination of her body. Well, do you know how long after the first examination they did the second examination? No. Like I said, that all of that was put out there right. was that they said they did they it. They did it, then right. No record of it. There was no follow-up. Yeah. Because yeah. I also wonder how much is lost in that time you know like they preserve the body but so much right Mm -hmm. yeah 
I don't know enough about forensics to know, but I can't imagine that it's right. going to be super accurate. Right. Fernandez added in the letter, quote, 80% of cases where African-Americans die under mysterious circumstances end up closed or cold because there are no videos and the only witnesses are bad guys or good guys that deep down are really bad. Mm-hmm. Then you have cases where law enforcement does a poor job and cares little to investigate thoroughly because of some connection or association to the perpetrators. Right. Yep. I like this Ralph Fernandez guy. Fuck yeah. So on June 12th, 2020... What is that like? Yesterday. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> five days Four ago. days ago. Yeah. Five days ago. Mm-hmm. Forsyth County Sheriff Ron Freeman requested a new investigation after mounting pressure from the Horsford family attorney and rappers Curtis 50 Cent Jackson and Clifford T.I. Harris Jr. Woohoo! Open that shit up. Mm-hmm. Quote, I'm officially requesting the Georgia Bureau of Investigation to assume and open the investigation into the tragic death of Tamla Horsford. Freeman wrote in a letter to Georgia Bureau of Investigation Director Vic Reynolds, quote, renewed requests for re-examination are best served by an independent law enforcement agency to review previous findings and to search and act on any new evidence which may come to light. Good. So we will see what the GBI decides to do. Hopefully, somebody will open this back up and really investigate it. Yes. And give us some answers. Yes. Well, and it's like, yes. if it was an accident, which is a good probability that it was, equal probability that it was, let's conclusively know that. Right. It, it's just... Her family deserves yes, a thorough investigation. Yes. 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 And I mean, we've seen the Sadie and I were talking about this the other day. You know, it's like all of this comes up and... True crime people more than anybody. <laughs> like mm-hmm. the fact that we've all been like, I don't know, police are fine, right? It's like no, they're fucking not. Like they don't do a good job. <laughs> yeah, some of them every once in a while. Every do. once in a while, we and we always right. note it. We're always like, thank God for that officer. You know, like we right. say it when it comes up because it's so rare that we're like. Oh, thank God he followed up. Like the um, Jeffrey Lundgren case. I think that's like the only mm-hmm. case where that officer pursued that yeah. so hard and showed up a day late. You know, it was tragic, mm-hmm. but he tried. He did a good right. job. Otherwise, it's like, and then Marty Tankliff <laughs> went to prison for 17 years <laughs> because of the yeah. police, the DA, and the judges were all in cahoots. And co- you know, it's like, right, and especially in cases... Uh, black people people of color it's like mm-hmm. they just don't get a fair investigation they don't get the same attention it's nope. we've shown that over and over again so like tanisha stewart right where mm-hmm. they never found her body the police didn't really try to find her body right They're like yeah, sorry it's impossible but it's like no it's not fucking right. impossible you f- right get your asses they out refused here. to search the, the, dump. the dump right yeah yep and over and over and on and on and on it's like all of these cases yeah. Oh. Did you listen to the podcast Culpable? No, I don't. No, I didn't. It's a good one, and they—it's uh, a really interesting case of a of a man who was shot in an apartment with two people present, mm-hmm. and they—the people there were like, "Oh, he killed himself," and the police 
this is in Georgia. This is why I'm bringing it up. The yeah. police were like, okay, he killed himself. And then the family went in to like clean up the apartment and found all this evidence that was left behind and like statements and on and on. It's a very good podcast yeah. that everybody should go listen to. But it, that's why when I hear that the Georgia Bureau of Investigation is the one that's supposed to lead the case, like they, when I listened to Culpable, I learned that they aren't super, like, mm-hmm. not always super honest. And the family in the other case they've just been fighting with the gbi for ever yep yep trying to get some answers for their son yeah so yes let's hold him accountable you guys let's go write some letters to georgia yes (laughs) yes we posted that um post (laughs) we posted that a post on instagram and got a thousand likes and like Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, really it's by up. far the most engagement we've ever gotten with a post, which is fantastic. That was the whole point of mm-hmm. the thing. Um, so people are very definitely putting on pressure, definitely invested in knowing what happened to her. And well, you know, they should be. It's like, this is what mm-hmm. this is all about. Because if everything shakes out the way that we hope it does, and this world becomes a safer place, we'll still have police forces, and they're still going to need to be held accountable. And you can't just not investigate. That's your whole job. You know, you can't be like, oh, thank God, looks like an accident, closed, next, Mm -hmm. you know. Mm -hmm. I know it's a lot of work, but it's literally your job. But the only thing you're supposed to do is solve crimes and keep people safe. So good for everybody for putting on the pressure to get that reopened. I cannot wait to hear what they find. And let's just keep doing this, you know, Mm -hmm. over and over again. Yeah. Yeah, that's important. It's very important. I can't imagine. I just can't. And we say that too. Like if you're a victim, you're the family um, of a victim and just how intensely traumatizing it is to go through that after the fact, like you have the trauma of Mm -hmm. losing the person and then you have the trauma of the system. Right. And that needs to be taken out. Like it's traumatic enough to lose somebody you love. You shouldn't be further traumatized by the system that's in place to protect you and get justice for you. Yep. So go world. Good job, you guys. (laughs) <laughs> thanks for finding all that information yep. and I've really I think a lot about her sons her five sons and her stepdaughter and her husband and yeah. you should go if you haven't already read about her family her mom made a blog post and there's a lot of love a, t- a tremendous amount of love being poured out from her family and you know she's a mom of five she was young she's so young mm-hmm. yeah, 40 and her family said and you know they're like she would never do that she would never put herself in a position where she would go away from her sons forever you know it just wasn't in her nature she was never that out of touch that she wouldn't have you know she would never make herself unsafe because she loved her kids so much and she was so devoted to them so every mother knows what that means like you're gonna cut loose and have a good time but you're not gonna fuck up so badly that you die you know right it's just not gonna happen so i I send them lots of love and let's keep doing this for them and her and everybody else in this world who deserves a fucking fair investigation, a fair shake. Yep. Yep. There you go, guys. There you go. What do you think? Let's talk about it some more. Yeah. Yeah. This is a good one to talk about (laughs) on Instagram. You guys are so helpful. Like with additional information and resources and links. And we've had people like a woman messaging us recently who dated somebody from the FBI who had like gave us some like insight into how the FBI investigates. It's just knowledge is power. And I love this shit and I love knowing all of this. And I love that doing this gives us extra access to things that we wouldn't have access to otherwise. So really smart 
thoughts on cases where like had I thought of it that way the story would have been even better yeah. like, <laughs> we couldn't if we could just like crowdsource every serious <laughs> every case we're gonna cover like tell me what you think about totally. this before i record it and you listen to yeah, it. yeah totally i understand <laughs> now why people go back and do updates because after the fact people are like but what about marty's sister and i'm like fuck why didn't i talk about her or what you know it's like right. that's such a good point right. there's yeah yeah there's so much information yeah yeah so so there you go. There you go. Maybe you're all, all done. <laughs> World crime solved. True crime solved. For, for good. Uh, Wowie, what a time to be yeah. true crime podcasters. We start this thing thinking like, yeah. wee, this is fun. True crime's so fun. And now we find ourselves just deeply entrenched in the whole world, focusing on mm-hmm. what that means and how serious it is and like all the different layers of it. So I feel very privileged to have a place to talk about it. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, and investigate it more and have like a kind of unique perspective on it that I didn't have before we started doing this. So thanks for yep. showing up, you guys. Thanks for listening. Yeah. We appreciate you so much. So much. And speaking that of list doesn't change. Well, <laughs> earlier today, I, I hated you guys, but back i'm just kidding i love you so much <laughs> i was like why oh, <laughs> oh not even a little bit not even a little bit <laughs> um uh, no you guys give me so much fucking life it's unbelievable yeah and it really is weird how i'll just be having like a little lump in my day and then one of you will like pop into the inbox or send us an email or become a patreon supporter and i'm like <laughs> my friends <laughs> I know it makes such a difference. It's amazing. It really does. Speaking of, yeah, Patreon. Yep. Support. We got a shout out. Yep. Thank you so much to Crystal B. Yes. For becoming our brand new patron. We love we you. Appreciate Crystal. you so much. Yep. Yeah. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. And a heads up to the rest of you, beautiful people. As of July, mid July, mm-hmm. we are officially going to move half of our content over to Patreon. <laughs> it kind of hurts. It does hurts a little bit, but it's time. Quarantine it's is time. lifting. My job is come screaming back. My jobs, mm-hmm. plural. Sadie's husband is back to work. You know, we just don't have the luxury of doing this all the time now. <laughs> so... <laughs> got to find a way to monetize it or we can't keep it going so we're going to put half of it over there and we'll definitely make it worth your while we're very generous to our mm-hmm. supporters also yeah and it's three dollars you can get the extra episodes for three dollars a month yes which is really just like pennies yeah exactly uh, i wish we could i really wish we could continue to do two episodes a week for free i know i do too i really uh, do just want to do this full time like this no. is exactly this is what i want to do forever i love it so much but it is getting really 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 hard to have any kind of life <laughs> so mm-hmm. gotta try to f- figure it all out also yeah. probably around the time that this airs we will be doing a 20,000 downloads giveaway. I can't believe we're at 20,000 downloads. Now that I say it out yep. loud, it kind of, I don't know. I've, we've, all, we've been so distracted by, you know, fighting, fighting for equality <laughs> and yeah. fighting viruses. Pandemics. Yeah. <laughs> um, I haven't paid as much attention to that, but that's incredible, you guys. That's incredible yeah. that you've gotten us to that really place. Is. So I think we mentioned this a couple episodes ago, but we're going to do six giveaways this time there's six places i guess six winners 
four of you will get $50 that you can either donate to a cause. We have four causes that we've chosen or buy yourself something nice from a black owned business. So either or, but either way, $50 will go towards a good cause. And then there will also be, you know, different swag that we'll throw in. Um, and then two of you will just get swag, which whatever. It's not right. isn't just it's nice. It's, it's very nice. Fun. It's just not going to save the world. <laughs> can't save the world all the time right not all, not the, all the time. time right so yeah look for that on instagram i announced that that's coming up today and then we'll put that up once we hit twenty thousand downloads um probably sometime this weekend early next week and so real quick we're also going to play a promo for a fellow true crime well kind of more of a spooky i don't know if they do a ton of true crime but they do spooky stories they're called fireside phantoms i'll play their promo right now Hi, I'm Carol. And I'm Holly. And we are the hosts of Fireside Phantoms. On our podcast, we will delight in telling you stories of the strange, twisted, dark, and foreboding. Creepy, crawly things slinking up your leg. Ghostly hands reaching out from beyond the grave. And we will ask hard-hitting questions like, Can Slender Man fit into my skinny jeans? Who is Wrinkles the Clown? And how can he make your child's next birthday party special? Why shouldn't we invite the black-eyed kids in? What really is going on at your creepy neighbor's house? And is it okay to peek inside? And many, many more. So join us and our forest friends as we gather around a warm and crackling right, campfire. This yeah, man, is go to Instagram, Fireside Facebook, Phantoms. and Twitter and find us at They Will Kill. Go to our website, theywillkill.com. Email us at theywillkillpodcast at gmail.com. I tried to, what was I doing? Uh, signing up for something. And I couldn't get it to work. And they were like, this email address is wrong. And I was like, what do you mean? I forgot the you podcast. You forgot the podcast. Part. Of course you did. Because yeah, it's so fucking annoying. <laughs> I really hope whoever owns they will kill at gmail.com. I really hope I just sent them like a shit ton of spam. Like, Bunch of weird False stuff. logins. I, yeah. I know. Poor person. <laughs> Give us our email. We're so aggressive about them getting there first. It's really <laughs> They're our only enemy. <laughs> uh, but remember, if you email us, we don't email you back. You probably sent it to that guy or girl. That person. Yeah, we will definitely <laughs> write you back. Are you kidding? We live for that shit. Yep. Yep. Unless it's like mean anti-racist stuff. No, right. not anti-racist. Pro-racist. Don't be pro-racist. You can be fully anti-racist. Right. Most of you are. Right. Um rate review subscribe yes please. please oh and speaking of which i just don't think i'm going to launch this um the review giveaway as i was norm regularly going to do it it just feels so weird coming out of nowhere but i am going to email i'm going to message all of you who did send us a review so we will have it just in secret <laughs> well behind closed doors one yeah it just feels like a lot a lot of space to take up in a kind of weird way yeah. it would be fun if it wasn't happening right now but we still want it to happen and it's still going to be fun we'll just take it offline so if you're hearing this and you want to the giveaway i'm referring to is that we're giving away our clothes <laughs> We have a bunch of designer oh stuff. God. We have a bunch of vintage stuff. It's really cute. And for people who reviewed a couple of weeks ago, we we're going to do a giveaway where we posted stuff and they could claim it. But then 
the biggest human rights uh, movement, civil rights movement in human history happened. And <laughs> we just, <laughs> <laughs> not important. Anyway, yeah. I do want to honor your it. your reviews are important. Yes, yes. very important. We, and I'm we, going to honor it. want to honor that. Yes. So yeah. we'll be reaching out shortly. And if you don't hear from me in the next like week, please feel free to reach out and be like, hey, I sent you a review. Give me your clothes. <laughs> I want your clothes. <laughs> So cold. I've been sitting around naked for two and a half weeks now. Uh, <laughs> I that. burned everything waiting for your clothes. <laughs> oh, God. God. That would be me. Um, Thank you, AJ oh. Bergantz, for our music. He's got a new album coming out. He'll be posting about that shortly, and we'll be sure to share that. Yep. And remember... Mm, shit. Okay, I got nothing. Mm-hmm. It's been yeah. such a busy week. It's like the world just came mm-hmm. slamming back, and I don't have time for thoughtfulness. <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying to think if I have anything. What is something cute my children have said? Mm. Nope. They're not that cute. <laughs> just kidding they're so fucking cute you guys yeah. her oldest is like did you know that he's five do you know that a velociraptor can smell up to a mile away no i did not know that <laughs> also he was so we we're coming back from getting coffee when i was visiting them recently and he said auntie court i think that people litter because they think that trash is biodegradable Whoa. which is so sweet <laughs> and then i said um i think that people litter because they don't understand the impact that it has on the earth. And he said, why would you, th- why would you throw trash on the earth? That's where your food comes from. <laughs> <laughs> so. There you have it, There folks. you have it. The Remember? Of, yep. Babes. From the mouth of seeds, babe. Babe. Well, eldest babe. <laughs> don't litter, dudes. That's where your food comes from. <laughs> so much for listening we love you you. reduce reuse recycle (laughs) we love you goodbye goodbye Seeking the truth never gets old. Introducing June's Journey, the free-to-play mobile game that will immerse you in a thrilling murder mystery. Join June Parker as she uncovers hidden objects and clues to solve her sister's death in a beautifully illustrated world set in the Roaring Twenties. With new chapters added every week, the excitement never ends. Download June's Journey now on your Android or iOS device or play on PC through Facebook games.